This is the Educational Triage Podcast. Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now, let's see what's on board today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Educational Triage. I'm Tony, and I'm joined this week with the effervescent, brilliant Philip Summers. Well, aloha. Thank you. You're welcome. You're still wireless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. That's right. Happened and stayed it that way. Or stayed that way, rather. I keep thinking, oh, there's no cure to that. Yeah. It's all a scam. Yeah. That's for me, at least. Well, yeah, it's our, it, I, I, there are times that I think that my hair is growing back. And um, I don't know. Because I like to yeah. tell myself that it was diet and stress. But. Yeah. Whatever works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So today we are undertaking the wonderful broad subject of cell phones, students, and social media. Oof. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that w- what we need to do first maybe is just to start off with um, cell phones. So... Um, <laughs> And, yeah. it, and it can get really contentious because people become really defensive when it comes to their cell phones and their cell phone use. And so I was thinking, let's start off with what is the purpose of having a cell phone or a smartphone? What is the purpose? To communicate with people um, in a timely way. Uh, also, oh, geez, man. Well, let's see. Use it as a compass. <laughs> you can use it. You can find a trail. Um, let's. Yeah, it depends on the application. There's tons of social media applications. Right. Um, so it depends on really who you ask. What the purpose of a cell phone is? It's situational, I would think, wouldn't it be? I mean, well, the first. I mean, the first and foremost purpose of a phone is to communicate. Yes, I mean between two people, text and or talk. Yeah, I think would be well. Now text is part of that. Yeah, yeah. social media. I think is a completely different category. Yeah, but I, some people would say the purpose of the cell phone would be to pursue social media. I mean, to actually that would be a smartphone. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's true. That's true. We have to differentiate between cell phones, phones and, and smartphones. smartphones. Um. And the other question that pertains to this as well is, do smartphones, let's just, well, do smartphones and cell phones, do they really play a part in the educational process? Or do we just say they do because they're a very good distraction that we have an addiction to? (laughs) <laughs> I know what you're saying. Everybody get that? I think, but yeah. Um, well, I've, I tried to use it um, for class uh, as far as, I would always ask the Google machine. That was one we'd talk about because I'd kind of like um, go off on some, I kind of always kind of wandered with my lectures when I did kind of lecture, but it always came back to where it was supposed to be. But at some point I go, yeah, we're talking about that high mountain. How high is that mountain? Can someone, you know, ask the Google machine with how high, how tall that mountain is. So and then spit it back to me real quick. But yeah, I mean, as far as like trying to do work on them, I mean, that was never possible. You can't really type a paper on a smartphone. I mean, well, effectively. oddly enough, Oddly enough, I remember having 
one of my students, she looked at me and she said, okay, I've got my paper done. I just have to get home so I can print it. I said, well, that was quick. How'd you do it? She said, oh, on my Kindle. Oh, well, that's my, yeah, Kindle, huh? huh. So, yeah. I thought those were read-only, but they've gotten better. Yeah. Oh, no, this was years ago. This is 10 years ago. Oh, still. So, no, they were like an iPad. I mean, you can. Well, they were. I remember that I, I've known of the twenty-year-old Kindles almost. You know, when they first came out, and then they became. That was about two thousand ten. Was about they first came out in the two thousands, I think. Two thousand around two thousand. But they have a because, keyboard. Hmm. Yeah, that's past the time I was buying them for people. And I mean, she was in my class in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Oh, okay, yeah. But still, so, that's cool that you can do that. There's Chromebooks too, of course. Right. And those are a much later iteration of. And those were generally speaking, you know, kind of just the word processing. You could do Google or right. Know, it was kind of on the net thing. So, mm-hmm. but kids are now issued that. So that's as far as using a cell. Yeah. As far as using a cell phone or a smartphone goes, no kid would be expected to have theirs on for resource, you know, as a resource because they do have those Chromebooks now. They do. Now, my question is also going to go with those and because laptops, cell phones, what have you, do they really serve a good purpose or, as I said before, are they simply distractions that take students away from the actual learning that's going on? Yes. No. <laughs> I, would, I would say... Yes, they would. They're a distraction. I can't. I'm searching my memory for a time when kids were actually using it. To I did see groups of kids doing a study session once, and they were playing um, Uno, I think, on their phones, and they were networked. So their smartphones are up against their computer screens, and then they just deal cards out, and then they'd also talk about the outline they're putting together. However, we all know that you can't. You can't like multitask, you know, you're doing mm-hmm. one thing or the other. And so I was kind of taken in that they were interrupting themselves to play the card game. It was slowing them down. They were doing their work, but it was slowing them down. But it also helps them lose focus. Well, yeah, because their focus had to go right to the, you know, back to the, it just didn't seem like a clean connection between that mm-hmm. study guide they were doing, I think on uh, World War One and Uno. <laughs> I couldn't see how that could, how are you shifting your mind on that? But yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> well, the studies have shown that multitasking doesn't work. Yeah. You cannot be effective on that. No. So, and that was kind of a loaded question because what they discovered was that if they ban cell phone use in the classroom mm-hmm. and that students can only use the, let's say that they padlock them away and they don't bring them into the classroom but they are put, let's say, in a locker someplace mm-hmm. or other. What they found was that academic scores went up 6.4% mm. for students. For struggling students, they went up even higher. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Also, without cell phones, and whereas where schools had a complete ban on the cell phones, there were fewer trips to the bathroom during class. Students learned how to converse. They learned how to be relational with each other. And overall, there was a better feeling Hmm. amongst everybody together. And they could actually share their thoughts. And they relearned how to communicate. And especially now that we're coming, well, I heard somebody say, well, we're in the era of the pandemic. And I don't know that we're still in the era of the pandemic, but um people became so used to zooming zoom calls google meets whatever mm-hmm. in meeting with each other that they lost track of what it's like to actually be sitting near one another and actually communicating and having those face-to-face relationships because there's far more nuance that goes on there and there's a lot more that can happen when they're developing that skill Right. And so if if you don't allow them to do that, then they're going to 
lose out when they go into the workplace. And if you constantly allow them to be on their phones, then they're going to lose a lot more when they leave to go out into the workforce. I mean, just with relationships. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. <laughs> you said, oh, and they're going to get out in the workplace. And that's, you know, kind of, you insinuate it. That wouldn't be tolerated, to which I was thinking. Or it will become the norm. Because <laughs> a lot of strange habits have entered the workplace because well, of the, um, yeah. I think it depends on the workplace, too, and the what you're doing. that's entering the workplace. Yeah, there's just right. shifts of of behaviors that like, for example, um, maybe I'm old school, but when I'm at um, a school on a job, I never pull my cell phone out. I don't check anything. I don't, I'll do it on a mm -hmm. break or away from kids. But when I'm with kids, if I don't look down at the phone because that I, I figure even if I'm not teaching kids, I'm supervising kids mm -hmm. and I'm there monitoring, you know, their safety and all that. So to look at the phone just takes me out of the picture. So I'd never do that. But some teachers I've noticed, generationally younger ones, will check their phones quite a bit mm -hmm. right in front of the kids. And I think, oh, that, I don't do that. And, and it's probably not the best example either, but, you know, because you were trying to tell the kids, you know, don't have phones and <laughs> they're checking it. And I'm talking an elementary, in, in the elementary level, there's some of that checking the phone thing. Right. Elementary students who have cell phones in the elementary yeah what are people don't. thinking first of all well, they don't generally but those teachers model that behavior and they take that into junior high when they start to get their phones they go, well the teachers check their phones and you can't argue mm -hmm. sometimes that oh, i know mrs so-and-so does do that but <laughs> she's a teacher <laughs> it's just like yeah well there are people who say okay so the first the first front of critics yeah. on the cell phone ban are, I'll let you guess. Teachers or the no. kids? No. <laughs> no. Uh, the clergy? No, it's a joke. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who is it? The parents. The parents? Oh, the pa That's right. God. They need oh, to be oh, connected with their child all the time. They need to have That's that tether. They cannot, they need to know that something's happening. If something's happening, they need to know what's going on. And, you know, we have the same problem. And the, the administration and the counselors and everybody used to reach out to the parents and say, call the front office. The message yeah. will get to your kid. I need to know that they are safe. One parent, I remember, said that she needed to stay connected with her child because he was being bullied. And while I would feel sorry for a child that was being bullied in class, yeah. if the child is looking at their phone and being bullied, because a lot of times cyberbullying does happen during class time, it was her son <laughs> who yeah. was stirring the pot to get all of this stuff happening where people would come after him and that way he could play the victim. Oh, that's, I knew a, there was a case of a girl too, that I was, uh, I was interviewing for the pro coming into um, one of my uh, alternative programs. Anyway, she didn't want to go to school and she didn't want to go to school so much. She just refused to go and, uh, she'd sit at home and text her, uh, text and message her friends at school, stirring the pot from home every day. Mm -hmm. She get up and go, okay, who can I bully from home? And she want to go to school and she could actually go to school with her phone and mess with people and never have to, you know, get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Never have to sit well, that's, on campus. Well, he used to do it, but he'd be in class yeah. and the teacher would constantly have to tell him to put his phone down. Yeah. And, and the mother and, you know, and the teachers, more than one teacher said, I will take your phone away. So he would text his mother. The mother would call that teacher right then and scream at the teacher to leave her child alone. And all this came out in a meeting with me, the kid, Ooh. the administrator, the principal, and both the parents. And the mother was just vehement. And the father said, give me the phone. She said, no, I will not give you the phone. 
They went out in the hallway. She handed him the phone. Wow. Two hours later, the kid had the phone back. I have no idea how. Oh. But but that, that phone caused all kinds of problems. That it phone was, was a major disruption to that it, child and many others around them. Yes, yes. And that's and it not led, okay. Ever. And, it, and, you know, and something that's as toxic as this relationship was led to very bad outcomes for that student later on in his life. And so he's suffering for it now. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that could but be. The parents need to learn to. Because they bring up school shootings. School shootings, while they make the headlines, because newspapers love drama, and I'm not trying to downplay how awful school shootings are, but they are not a common occurrence. They are not. When you consider how many schools there are and how many times they happen, they just are not. And if that were to happen, then, you know, the parents would automatically be notified about that. And they also want to know that their kid is safe. That is one of the most extreme rationales for yeah. having a cell phone, for a student to have a cell phone. And I could understand it, but at the same time, I don't understand it at all. There are other people who say that, and, and the funny thing is, is that the next group of people are from Silicon Valley and Stanford mm -hmm. who are constantly trying to find ways for students to keep those cell phones because this is how they make their money. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is yeah, it's not a, interesting. Let's let's talk about just social social custom and social mores and how, you know, there people kind of maybe put down, you know, the early 20th century, you know, people used to fly, for example, dress up to fly. That was a custom. Right. Yeah. The big time. You, or, yeah. I remember I used to have to wear very good clothes if I went to the movies. OK. Yeah. There was just certain things that were there and. And the behavior about telephones and things, I mean, they were around, but they were communication. And then somehow we like stopped evolving any kind of manners or something. Mm -hmm. There's really no, uh, there's no pat set of manners when it comes to cell phones. I mean, no. there's always that one person that didn't get the memo. Don't be talking out loud on the bus, you know, that stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, hello, bang on the head stuff. But it's, I see, we seem to accept it in a way well, that if, it, if we didn't in a certain way, I guess it, maybe it, we wouldn't have the problems we have. Maybe it's because the person who is making a spectacle of themselves by speaking very loudly on the bus is doing it as a performance. And yeah. you automatically join in on the performance well, when, that's what it ultimately becomes. If you say it? something to them, and yeah. then and then it becomes quite entertaining for other people, and also anxiety yeah. ridden. And but outside of that example, I'm just saying social mores like that. Kurt, look like uh, everyone goes. You know, that's not cool. And this person goes, "Hey, let me call you back in a little bit." Right. It's just, it used to be we kind of had mores. Of course, we also used to smoke indoors like crazy too. So, but. <laughs> no, you're bringing something that's really interesting up. And I was thinking about this tonight as I was driving. But I want to go even further. And that is, if you go to the mall, mm -hmm. and there are people there, they will walk very slowly as if they are the only people who are on that path through the store. And other people want to get around them, but they have no clue that what they're doing is blocking everyone. Oh, yeah. And so there's sort of a peripheral narcissism in a sense. There's this, they don't have peripheral awareness, I suppose. There's, no, there's not a lot of situational awareness and certainly not a lot of consideration. No, because it's all about them and where they are at the time and they right. lose themselves as far as where they are. And I think part of that may be related to the cell phone, because when you're in the cell phone, 
you are in the South. Oh, Pole. yeah. You are you are nowhere else. I mean, it just sucks your entire yeah. attention. And mm -hmm. if you don't have that cell phone, all of a sudden you you have that broader awareness. I see it driving, you know, you're somebody's just driving really a little too slow or a little mm -hmm. too strange. It's like, God, what's going on? You finally get around and you look and they're looking down at the damn phone. It's like, are you I bet you think you're just driving fine and you're just like a hazard back here. There was one night I was driving <laughs> home from CrossFit and it was during rush hour traffic. And I'm going along and it's a four lane road. And I was in the left-hand lane. I finally made it over to the left-hand lane because the guy in front of me wanted to go 15 miles an hour. It's a 30 mile an hour road. Oh dear. Yeah. That's and I'm sad. thinking what, you know, I, <laughs> I hope this person is okay, but yeah. what is wrong with them? Yeah. You know? Is there something wrong? Yeah. So I drive up and I get next to them and the guy is my age. He's got one arm out the window. And he's steering with that arm and he's texting with his other hand as he's driving along and looking at the road going 15 miles an hour. Uh, Meanwhile, there's a line of cars at least a half a mile behind him of people trying to get into the other lane so they can move. Yeah, yeah. It's and, a he has, and he has no clue what's going on. People are honking. Um, mm. I think that people become... What did you call it? Jeez. Oh, oh, um, there's there's a lack of situational oh, awareness. Oh, situational awareness. Oh, yeah, they totally lose situational awareness. Mm -hmm. They're looking down at their screen, and that's it. That's the world, and the rest of it around them is not existent any longer. And what's wrong with their driving? They're driving safely. Actually, yeah. if you drive too slowly, you cause more accidents. You do. You do. And I know why. <laughs> it's like, geez, man, people do crazy stuff to get around you. You're just, you're just going so slow. They can't match the pace. And it's like, exactly. I feel just very vulnerable right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, another thing about situational awareness is that anybody who's, um, you know, out in public should be aware um, of the situation. Um, People, mm -hmm. a lot of people train themselves to do it. You know, they sit with their backs to the wall in a restaurant or they know where the exits are. They never look at their cell phone when they're in public. And it's kind of hardcore, but if you think about it, it's like, yeah, you just <laughs> don't. You never know. And that's what bad guys might be doing is going, hey, that person looking at their cell phone. I, I could walk right up behind them. They would never know anything. It's true. It's, it's true. true. Because yeah. to be honest, there is... A psychology to criminals look at the way you walk uh -huh. and if you walk and hold yourself a certain way as you walk there there are specific people that criminals look for that become their targets yep 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 and if you're on your phone and you're distracted you are so much easier to mug Oh, God, yeah. And if you're a young ladies with ponytails, those are actually control handles. You know, which if a oh. get, yeah, you grab the hair, you grab ponytails, and you can move the head around. It's it's an instant takedown by, by a bad guy. Oh, so for girls, then what they need to do then is have detachable ponytails. Yeah, or just don't be sitting there in the cell phone at the bus stop. Oh, no, no you know, completely yeah. oblivious to what's going exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of behaviors that criminals look at. That's one of them. Hair, if you have a longer hair, they'll grab mm -hmm. that. Men too. Right. You know, because they can control the head. But you see it when you see people on their cell phones and they walk into lampposts. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And the kids, you see it in the hall. I'm just, mm -hmm. I was watching kids tag doors and each other, and it's kind of comical. In between classes, in some of the high schools I was guest teaching at it mm -hmm. was i kind it was kind of a sport i would sort of watch <laughs> them walk into each other or they just it, it happened like twice every five minute passing period somebody would wow <laughs> but see there are teachers who will say because they're addicted to their phones that they need the students to do it because they can look up information that way yeah i, I tried to do that etc 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 but look 
we talked about the corporate nature of the classroom and how they're using textbooks and how innovation has gone out the door and blah, blah, blah. So use the books. I mean, if you're if you're structuring your class the right way and you have things for the students to go through, why not have reading materials where they have to go through? Maybe they do Mm -hmm. it as a as a scavenger hunt as a team in the readings and they have to find certain things. And you can bring all those things up for them. Um, laptops, yes, but if you're taking notes on a laptop, you are not uh, acquiring the information and saving the information uh, on your brain. It's a different skill. Yes, it is. Because, right. Mm-hmm. But if you are handwriting, yeah. if you are handwriting yep. that is far different. I knew that even before the research said that, and I would tell Back in my college days, I'd see somebody typing away, and I thought, that's not, it just doesn't seem to, and it didn't, mm-hmm. it does not make the connection that a handwriting thing will do for a lot right. of different reasons. Right. Yeah. Now, what I'll do is I will take shorthand, my shorthand, because I have my own abbreviation system, and write down the notes while I'm in a, in a conference in a, or something. Yeah. And then when I'm done, I will sit down and I will type what I hand wrote, but I'm thinking to myself exactly what it was that I. But you've just done it twice. I've just done it twice, but I have to translate. Well, no, but I mean, you've done it. You've actually written it twice. So it's actually getting in there. Actually, I would say a little better when you type it up. Right. Because you're having to transcribe it now, too. First, you interpret that the speaker and make notes, you edit it as you go, and now you're transcribing it to whole mm-hmm. words. So that's even better. And if I, I have, and if I have my Chromebook, mm-hmm. even though districts pre- try to prevent and put locks on social media, <laughs> they don't always work. Kids, kids work. have workarounds. And the oh, yeah. weird VPNs. thing, and believe it or not, <laughs> But, well, actually, the district yeah. I worked for refused to recognize my VPN. Oh, they they got that one out. Yeah. Yeah. They find a way. You weren't allowed to have a VPN. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then what they did, too, was they, they had, you were only allowed the device that they gave you to have that the Wi-Fi signal for everybody because what happened was they started having to change it at least once a week because they would give the signal, they would give the passcode to the substitutes who would then hand it out to the classes. What? Yeah. The substitutes didn't understand that they couldn't. And so they did an investigation and they handed it out and they were pinging to figure out which class it was that was giving it all out. Wow. And so they finally quit giving it to those substitutes, but still it was just too much. Um, But what they discovered, okay, so if kids are bullying, cyberbullying during the school day on their cell phones and or maybe their laptops, um, then maybe we need to block the social media. Maybe we need to, maybe there needs to be some kind of a jammer. Yeah, that's counterproductive though, because then the access is shut down in legitimate ways. It it opens up sort of problems. But I was thinking about the safety issues of the cyberbullying. And I was also thinking about the issues of whenever, whenever I put anybody on the computer um, with an assignment there, it's always like precarious. I'm always insecure. And I'll always, my disclaimer is I want you to do the work, get the work done. Mm -hmm. If you don't do it during this class time, then do something that doesn't disrupt somebody, (laughs) you know, but it's kind of like, like they jump all over. They'd have four or five tabs. When you go by a computer, the tab would disappear and it'd be like, yeah, you just hid something. It's like, gosh, anything on the, anything on the net is almost like they've got three or four different side gigs going. Besides they, do. The they do. Yeah. So what do you do about that? I mean, you can't just get rid of 
they well, just find ways. <laughs> well, what I did, I used to take my students all to the library so they could work on their papers. Uh-huh. And I would, I would walk by, but I would stand at the very back so I could see every one of their screens. Oh, well, you've got a good setup. Yeah. It was always the same student who would tell his dad that I picked on him. So his dad would call me and say, why are you picking on my son? It's like, I just asked him to get his work done and quit watching football. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he really wants to play football. I said, well, if he really wants to play football, he's got to get enough credit so he can get on the team. (laughs) He has to graduate to get the next step of football playing. The assignment's sort of a side thing. And as soon as you, I, I'd walk by far enough away, but I'd listen, I hear it click. And I go, yep. And they go right <laughs> back to it, man. It's like they cannot, they're, they cannot stop it. Yes, I will watch this. Yes, it adds to my life because it's important to me. It's like, it's as a zombies almost when it comes to these screens. It's, you can certainly see it's addictive. Well, they have to listen to their music and they have to watch the music videos. You can't. They, no, we talked I have about no that idea how they they can't do it. But then you have other staff who say, yes, they know how to do it. This generation can do that. And it's like, uh, no, they can't. No, they, they can't. can't. They can't. I mean, I can I can put on music, but it has to be low. And I can do things, but I'm still going, unless I actually get into the flow. Yeah. I am slave to that, to the lyrics, to the rhythms, to everything on that music. Oh, yeah. I always have music in my classroom. Just, it's kind of low, but it just kind of makes things hum along a little better. But, uh, well, what kind of music do you have going on? Oh, it's generally pretty good. Uh, you know, Captain Beefheart, you know, that nonsense. No, it's, you remember that guy? No, he was just music. It was noise for, for four sides. No, um, I, I, indie rock and roll, um, classics. Mm. Uh, yeah, you know, go rock and roll in the little. And then in, I like independent rock and roll because of where I so live. So not Philip Glass with the one long sustained note. No, there's no uh, like Jean-Michel Jarre, Oxygen, you know, going yeah. the full, what was that? The full um, computer digital version of it. Yeah. That was the day. Yeah. No, it's usually good music, but it's generic. It's nothing that will, uh, it's not like, yeah, Sepultura. Or <laughs> it's not real headbanging, although mm-hmm. there's Van Halen mixed in there, but, you know. But getting back to everything, the the general attitudes of the band... Yeah. by staff and students has been incredibly positive. It, and I, you can't do it at, in a classroom only. No, it's school-wide. It has to be. It just it has to be school-wide. Yeah. Even staff cannot be on their cell phones. So yeah. there's there's one that's in Mass- there's one in Massachusetts and I believe that there are more schools that are doing it in Massachusetts. But uh, teachers could not cannot bring them into the building. Students cannot have them in the building. In fact, students who board at that one school surrender their phones until the end of the semester. Oh, a boarding school. Well, you also have the townies, and the townies have their phones when they get home. Yeah. But uh, is there social... The amount of addiction to their phones has gone down. What they discovered is that in order for students to be effective learners and not to be completely addicted to and have negative effects from the cell phone because the blue screen um, does mess with their brain. Yeah. And you know that when students, especially adolescents, they need nine hours of sleep. And here's something, you know, because I do have Dr. Michelle Kramer Borneman coming on and he and I were talking the other day and he was saying that for you and I, our time that we need to be in bed is between 10 and 12 PM. Hmm. That's the natural, that's the natural way of things for people of not just our age, but for adults. 
for adolescents up until the age of maybe say 1825, it is midnight to 2 a.m. And mm. they need to have nine hours of sleep. Now we know that students stay up until three, four, five o'clock in the morning playing on their phones. Yep, they do. So does that mean that we don't start school until, let me think, three o'clock in the afternoon for them? <laughs> 11 o'clock in the morning for them? I mean, students actually, they do best when they have 16 minutes of cell phone screen time. When they have 16 minutes, we can go for two hours. But because of where their brain is in development, 16 minutes is about tops. Oh, no way do they get just 16. Well, they look at it more than I do. And that's oh, yeah. per day. Oh, yeah. They look at it constantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's pervasive. I kind of just wonder if it's not just too much for them to handle. Like, I don't know, driving or guns <laughs> it's like <laughs> sorry you just it's just not good for you. you can't have a cell phone until you're 17 sorry you just can't can't have a, you have to have a flip phone but not a smartphone i can't tell a society that but hey right it would almost behoove them to have that i think one school said that they had one student who just could not go without their cell phone and left the school well i've had i had one i had a student 10 years ago who had a 504 because of right. the cell phone and she had to have it as a security blanket. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time I said, listen, if you don't get your work done, I'm going to have to take that phone from you to which she had a downright freaking panic attack. Well, at least it looked like one. It might've been an act, but she was extremely upset that I even mentioned taking that phone from her. It yeah. was not going to happen. She started to fall apart. Like I just turned out the lights of everything amazing oh it was crazy what's going on but i was reading some essays by students as far <laughs> as what are the cons of having cell phones in school and they talk about the cheating that goes on they talk about the cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. they talk mm -hmm. about all the distractions you know they it's yeah. it just doesn't work now i don't think so either let's say that you got rid of the cell phones in school how do you deal with cyberbullying? well cyberbullying then happens outside of the school. And aren't the students then under the purview of their parents? Yes, they are. They're real parents, not their on loco parentis. So, well, my question is, let's say that kids are on social media and they're bullying other students and they uh -huh. always, parents always come to the school and they say, what are you going to do about it? Well, my question is, if a student is doing committing cyberbullying, if we have Karens that are constantly looking out the window and they see a kid walking down the street and they report those parents because that child seems to be unsupervised and the parents are taken to task for not supervising their child for walking to the end of the street without a parental unit with them, why isn't the same thing happening online then? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I suspect it's, it's just a question problem. I have. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, people have this really huge capacity for denial. <laughs> well, yeah, they do. It's just like, I don't see how they wouldn't consider that to be a parental problem. It's but I would think that it would also, that. but I would consider that to be something of a felony, wouldn't it? Oh, I don't know about that, but. Well, you're using telecommunications to threaten somebody. Yeah, but then do you hold the parent responsible for that? Well, the parents are supposed to be supervising them. That's mm -hmm. fine. True, true. So if huh. they are under the parent's roof and this is happening, then there needs to be better supervision on the part of the parents. It's not necessarily the school's fault for that. I mean, the school can teach what they can teach. Yeah. But as you and I know, when school's only responsible for 1% to 14% of outcomes. Right. And so 
they cannot be taking on the community watchdog as well. The incident that I had with the, the student that was didn't want to go to school, just wanted to stay home and cyber bully mm-hmm. everybody from home. Mm-hmm. It, at the end of the meeting, basically, the, the consensus was you need to take that phone away from your daughter. And they she, won't do it. And, and she just, she smiled. Oh, you know, I was like, no, you really need to take it. She's not entitled to that 24 seven. You paid for it. She's not going to school. She's cyberbullying. It's a problem. And she said she would, but I don't know if she ever did. I had parents who would cut their students' cell phone. Meaning that they would stop their yeah, service. Stop the service. Yeah. Right. And so but, the students weren't able to use it. Yeah, that's so and was that problematic? Well, yeah, I think I brought this up at an early episode. I had a student who was stuck at a stoplight. He he was in either an accident or a car broke down and he needed to call ask people to call for him because yeah. he had to call me to tell me why he was late. Yeah. And he had to call his internship to explain to them why he was late. And he also had to call a tow truck to come and get him. Yeah. But that's, I mean, is that something he's entitled to do? Therefore, he can always have a phone regardless of how he handles that. The father didn't see it that way. The father yeah. said, until you get your act together, you're not going to have a cell phone. And well, so that's what I'd to- say. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a cell phone when I was growing up. And, you know, I mean, I had problems when I had to call a tow truck or I had to walk to find a house and knock on a door. I mean, it was a different time. But And use a nickel or a dime. In order yeah, to and make phone. a phone call on a payphone. Mm-hmm. So there were ways to do it and there are ways to do it now. I mean, it's just because, yeah, you're not entitled to use of that phone simply no. because you could use it at some time for some emergency. I think it's, yeah, it's killing a mosquito with a sledgehammer. <laughs> right. It's a lower kill. So I would say that it would be an interesting practice to try it for at least one semester. It would and, be. And go without laptops and just use paper, pencil, use conversations. Uh, you couldn't do that because you have an awful lot of teachers who use computers. Guess what? They, I mean, it's just part of the future. If you're not using a computer, you're actually not staying. Students will still use computers. They can use them at other times, but you still need to have the other component because otherwise you're doing damage. You're doing relational damage. You are not building a relationship with students if you're doing it all on the computer. Let's put it this way. The computer isn't isn't necessary in every lesson. It isn't necessary every day. No. You can build lessons around using computers just fine. Yeah, I did. And I, we weren't using computers. The Chromebooks were not always out. There was no kids didn't get Chromebooks. So we went to the computer lab and we did research and we did the stuff in the in the classroom. And I tried to keep it as current as possible. And there was always computers around, but they were not in the hands of the kids at all times. But see, here's here again is one of the problems with having these uh what do we call them the cyber classes oh yeah yeah you know like odyssey where uh plato ingenuity ingenuity yeah um and that is the instructor doesn't have a relationship with the student no and the student really isn't buying into anything but if the curriculum could be on the computer and they could be talking to the instructor as they discover things. Oh. And they're also doing their research on the computer. Mm-hmm. That's different. That, that is far different than and, and doing the passive learning where you have to type you. everything and you really don't know much. Oh, it's, it's just a lecture on the screen and lectures aren't that good to begin with. We all know. Right. That. And it's just blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. I mean, you hear the Charlie Brown teacher, right? Yep. Wow, 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 wow. And then click goes the, to football. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God, I don't blame them, kind of. But yeah, you got to have some discipline, kid. So think about this. Take away the cell phones. Build relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And don't use and, the computers as much. Don't use the And screens. allow students to build relationships with each other. And don't allow 
social media or anything else to creep in, teach on the outside, because those things are already going to happen. Yeah. That's like saying we need to teach dating one-on-one. No, 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 no. Kids have hormones. They have pheromones. They have everything else that they're going to do. They'll deal with that stuff on the outside. It's not really our place to teach finishing school oh, or, please. or teach them dating etiquette. Teaching or dating etiquette. Oh, any of gosh. that. They need to build <laughs> relationships and talk to each other and not be looking everything up on the computer or on right. their cell phone or, or doing things with each other. I mean, this sexting craze that goes on, I mean, that's another problem. So let's get parents more involved. Let's They're have parents felonies. build a relationship with their children. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and with their children's yeah. friends and not be so plugged in and tuned out. Yeah, there's something to be said for unplugging, and I don't think that our students do an awful lot of that. So it would be helpful if at least at school we got them to unplug a touch and at least maybe unplug ourselves a touch. I notice a lot of people use a Google Classroom and things to convey their their um, lessons, and that's I think that just opens the screen. You can give them a lesson on a piece of paper. You can give them a lesson with your mouth. You can organize yeah. the lesson. You don't have to give it to everybody on Google Docs. Right. Classroom. And if you're, yeah. well, if you're, I don't mind posting a syllabus oh, with yeah. links to the assignments and everything. Mm -hmm. But well, not daily. No, I would, like today, I usually, click, if, when I was teaching in a regular classroom, I would post it a week in advance. Yeah. So if somebody was going to be sick or if somebody did get sick, they could yeah. already see what we were going to do and it was all there. Yeah, that's good. But I guess what I'm saying is just everything's sort of assigned for Google Classroom. And so when they open up that Google Classroom, that they've already got the two or three other windows open on the side. It's almost like a habit of theirs. Get away from that a little bit. Give them the information in a different fashion rather than the computer screen. It's tempting. Well, they, yeah, well, they switched us off of Google Classroom and they put us into Canvas. Oh, Canvas, yeah. They've got different ones Which was ones now, a completely different platform. Yeah. And I'm just saying when you open up the screen, that's when the kid opens up the tabs. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, oh, there's that one tab. They look at it a lot more than the lesson usually mm -hmm. sometimes. And that's <laughs> Not that I'm not tempted myself, but I was I was doing it today, looking at one website, going, "What am I doing? I didn't get on this to do that." And I went and got to the business. But it was like, yeah. so. Let's go back. And so I think what we need to do is look at this as relationships. Definitely, I'm not going to yeah. build a. I can't build a relationship with you yeah. online. Mm -mm. I mean, I have I have I done online dating? Yes, I have. How did it work out? You can think that you have the most incredible person on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then when you meet face to face, it's not always who you thought it was. No, it's definitely <laughs> the relationship isn't what it used to be. <laughs> what well, you have on? It's, it's about relationships. We talk is, about how education is actually all about relationships. It, yeah, and that's and what you I cannot have an online relationship with your phone. You cannot have an online relationship with your laptop. Well, not it, you can have one, but you just won't have one with a human involved in that because you're focused on the phone. It really does tell people, go away. I'm not involved with you. I'm looking at my phone. And so, so you know, it's do you want something that's artificial or do you want something that's real? And if we're talking about your child, what do you, what kind of relationship do you want them to have? Do you want that? And do you want them to be tethered to you for the rest of their life? Are you allowing them to fail as they should? Do you want mm -hmm. them to have an actual life where they learn how to fail and succeed from failure? Or do you want them to rely completely on you? Um, or on their phone in order to get them out of messes. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and have such a terrible time. We don't want to leave their development up to their addiction. 
Because, right. you know, well, I just don't know what to do about it as a parent. It's like, well, yeah, but you'd say you wouldn't say that if it was an alcohol abuse use, uh, issue. You know, if a kid came home drunk a couple times, you'd be going, hey, what the you're 15 years old, girl. What are you coming home from your friends drunk? What? We got we got a problem here. But, you know, that phones are also an addiction issue. They're very autotelic. They are, but they, they are, are just as they're disruptive, socially acceptable, though, I know. as it was to have cocktails every day of the afternoon and maybe your kids would have one or smoke indoors everyone's right indoors <laughs> doctors teachers and so my parents <laughs> there needs to be something that happens yeah that will help the students succeed and learn there, there's also a criticism that if we take the phones away from them and don't allow them to have it when they leave school, they will not understand how they should put their phones away. <laughs> okay. okay. And so once All again, right. we're talking about coddling uh-huh. and infantilizing Did our children. come up with that because, all on their own. <laughs> well, this was somebody in, 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 in Silicon Valley who came up with this. So, oh, well, okay. Then they must be smart. <laughs> They're from Silicon Valley. <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Okay. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up. And I want to thank everybody for showing up and listening. And make sure that you subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a review, and share us. Share us. If And if you have questions or you have suggestions, let us know. Um, we are at educational triage at gmail.com so you can get us there you can join us on instagram you can join us on twitter and you can Until also we get banned no, <laughs> <laughs> i'm enjoying the drama of twitter right now oh twitter is wonderful right now you did what <laughs> <laughs> so anyway okay so I will say adios and thank you, Philip. And until next week, we will see you then. Bye-bye.